I think that'd be my advice for people who are sort of struggling to find their way, you know, find their career path is just like take advantage of you know, where you're at and find some valuable lesson or something that you can take with you. I was never one to really look too far ahead. I found that if I got too ahead of myself, it was really scary and intimidating. And I think to help me stay on track, I just needed to focus on you know, what was right in front of me. You're listening to the Almost 30 Podcast, a lifestyle podcast hosted by Krista Williams and Lindsay Simsek. Tune in for a new episode every Tuesday to hear our honest conversations about topics like wellness, entrepreneurship, spirituality, and self-development with guests who are really smart, really inspirational, and really fucking funny. (laughs) It's real, it's raw, and it's unfiltered. Inspired by our transition from our 20s to our 30s, we realized it's so much more than that. Our mission is to provide you with the tools, guidance, and motivation to help you navigate any transitions in your life and propel your personal growth. Thanks so much for tuning in to the Almost 30 Podcast. Here we go. Is someone at my door? Or is it my neighbor? What the fuck? (laughs) Honestly, though, what is that? Oh my God, that was the weirdest thing I've ever seen. It was a giant hat. It was like a woman with the biggest hat on. She just left something at your front door. It was the biggest. Oh my God, it's Madeline. Your friend Madeline? Yeah. Why didn't she knock? Because she said she was just going to leave it. Oh my God, her it was her little body and her big old hat. Oh my God, I love her. That was the biggest hat I've ever seen. You know, she inspires me because she literally does not put an ounce, a, a piece of her skin in the sun ever. I'm obsessed with that. I know you are. I need to get a hat like that. What was at the door? I don't know. Wow. She's such a What do you think it is? Cookies? Something. I'm going to get it. I don't, oh God. <laughs> Probably not. All right. We're, we're live here on unpacaging just ice. There's probably something that needs Lindsay to be Lindsay is a neighbor that has a Tory Burch shoebox outside of her door for 18 years because oh, she's the best. she thinks Tory Burch is so fucking cool that she has to have a Tory Burch shoebox outside of her Dude, door. Dude, I for think years. she's dead. <laughs> it's been there for years. It's like, okay, honey, we get it. You've got your little ballet flats on. Got how, it. How well does my <gasps> Oh God, they're not going to be here before we end today. Lindsay is sick. Can you do this with your voice? Hello. I'm scared. Can you do that? (laughs) (laughs) I asked Justin the other day, I was like, can you do this with your voice? Hello. And he's like, you've asked me that once a year for five years. I can't do that with my voice. (laughs) He's like, you literally asked me that once a year and I can't do it. (laughs) Around this time, every- Every summer. Every every summer I ask if you can do it. You know who can do it? Anna Ferris. Oh my God, totally. Yeah, she's really she's good She's in the scary movies. Yeah. Why the ice? To keep that cold. That was so sweet. There's so much ice. <laughs> so nice. I love her. I've never seen so much ice. She's so sweet. What a doll. Lindsay literally is sick for two days and has like a hundred people send her packages. It's, it's true. Crazy. It's actually- <laughs> You got flowers. Creepy. No one gives not a cre- shit not about cre- me Not creepy sick. at all, but like, it's like blows my mind that yeah. I have so many, I don't even know. So many lovers. Truly. <laughs> You take on I've gotten soup. I've gotten bath salts. I've gotten smoothies. I've gotten actually guys when I know crisps. Hey, for all my ladies and fellas that are working from home, a great way that I've found to take a break at home and kind of like feel like I'm different after the end of the day is to take a Epsom salt bath. Yeah, I'm so true. Um, so at the end of the day at 5.35, whatever, I start drawing the bath. I get really nice warm water and then I put so much Epsom salt in it. I just get my Epsom salt me from, last night. from Amazon. And um, I take, and it like helps to like remove all the negative energy. Your skin absorbs the magnesium. So it's mm-hmm. a great way for your body to relax, to rejuvenate. I do it in silence or I listen to 432 Hertz music. And it kind of changes my perspective from work into relaxation for the night. So that's a great way to do it. I freaking love that. I was, um, I put on my stories, I was like, how do you guys like turn off? Because I feel like lately I just keep getting pulled back to the computer. Like I just keep finding things to do or things to respond to or whatever for the tour. And this girl DM me, she's like, I put my computer in the trunk of my car. (laughs) Isn't that fucking amazing? Oh my God. She's like, no, literally at the, she's like, I actually do that. At the end of the day, I'll put my computer in the trunk of my car because I can't, I don't want to get on it. 
I mean, that's genius. I love that. I was like, you're the best. That made me <laughs> laugh so hard. I love that. I, I shut my computer down. I it's literally shut it down. Because it takes it. a while to like boot back up. So I'm like, ah, eh, it's too True. long. Yeah. Well, it's like, and then I'll look at my phone and be like, oh, I should turn on my computer again. So I just like keep going back to it. It's like so fucking annoying. Yeah, you got to practice that. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know what to do. What am I going to do? But like, but things get done. You have to balance out with your self-care that you're doing, time with Justin, all those things. Yeah. You know, yeah. we all do. Yeah. Definitely. I mean, I clearly wasn't taking care of myself as I should. I'm I like, don't know oh. if that's it, but yeah. I mean, I could have been just chilling a little bit more, <laughs> you know? Yeah. I don't know. It's a virus though. It's a what? It's a virus though. Yeah. So you picked it up. But I was weak enough to get it. Mm, that's true. That's true. <laughs> I was weak. You were weak. It's weakness. Is that a segue? No. Mm -mm. <laughs> mm -mm. Well, we had the pleasure. Yeah. Let me tell you about my favorite deodorant. So, yeah, literally. I've been using Smith's, Schmidt's Naturals for a couple months now. I use their charcoal magnesium natural deodorant. I like it because of the texture. So, the consistency is really nice. It's like in a normal deodorant container. It goes on really nicely. It stays on. The smell is bomb. It works. I've used a lot. Some are too gooey. Some are too wet. Mm -hmm. Some just don't have the consistency that I like. So I've been using Schmitz for a long time. I like their the smells that they have. So when we connected with them and the team, Allie and all the girls at Schmitz Natural, Schmitz, whatever. Oh, man. Schmitz. Schmitz. Natural. <laughs> Point to me every time you want to say it and I'll say it. Yeah. <laughs> I was really excited. They're listeners. They're yeah. lovers of the pod. So they yeah, hooked us so up sweet. with Jamie. They hooked us up with some amazing product. They're one of our sponsors now. So um, you can get the natural deodorant. You can get their amazing toothpaste, which I use their toothpaste all the time. They have cool flavors like coconut lime, the charcoal is really good. Um, so basically- I love the charcoal. It's bomb. It's so it's, so it's the spot for all your natural products. So we were introduced to the brand. We're users of the brand. And then we got to meet Jamie. Yeah. Jamie um, is one of those like from the ground up entrepreneurs so that like is kind of like shows us her blueprint. And we're like, oh, okay. It can be done. She's making me laugh too. <laughs> She's, she's so funny. funny. I loved hanging out with she her. She was like, she was like under the radar funny. She's under the radar you know? funny, man. She'd say something where you're like, oh. dude, yeah. I was just like, she's cause she's sweet. Cause she's so sweet and yeah. kind. So sometimes, you know, when people are sweet and kind, you're like, you don't expect it. And then she would just make me laugh. But I mean, she's a, she's a baller. Like she's so cool. You know, she, she, was really raw and open. And I really loved how she was talking about how she never knew her path. And for mm. a long time, she really didn't know what she was doing. She never felt like um, she understood why she was in the job she was in. Um, and she really just followed her heart to Portland and then started Schmitz um, and then grew it from there. And now, I mean, look at her. It's major. major. It's changed her entire life. It's changed the lives of so many people yeah. all over the world yeah. because of the option to go natural with these everyday products. So many people are realizing that the products they're using are toxic and poisonous to their bodies. So yeah. it's really good that they have this option. So yeah. And I really like how, so uh, Schmitz just got bought um, by Unilever, mm -hmm. which is really exciting for Jamie. Congratulations. We're so happy for her. And I really loved the way that she talked about that and really... Um, and I can, am completely aligned that these natural products, we want to get them in the hands of as many people as possible. Yeah. So it, to do that, to allow most Americans or consumers have access to these products, partnering with a company like that makes perfect sense so that you can get them into more stores, you can have more distribution centers, et cetera. So I really liked that thought process behind it. And mm -hmm. I'm really excited for you guys to try Schmitz. It's the best. So almost 30 is the code. Get a discount. Yeah. So enjoy this episode. Make sure you join our secret Facebook group if you haven't already. Tell your friends to join. Uh, we're growing this community yeah. and we're going on tour. So uh, find us on the road. Yeah, We are going to be in 
San Francisco mid-June. We are going to be in Boston and New York in July. We have a new LA event end of July. Um, All of this is on our website, so you can check it out. We are going to be in Dallas and Austin in September. So we're at The Soho House this summer in LA. Yeah, so many things going on. So I know it can be confusing. So just check our website. Yeah. Everything's there. All right, guys, we love you. Enjoy this episode. Enjoy. Where'd you grow up in the Midwest? Michigan. Oh, where in Michigan? Yeah. Um, the east side of the state mm-hmm. called Frankenmuth. It's mm-hmm. a little German tourist town. Oh, cool. cool. Yeah. People have either heard of it and been there and love it or they're like, what the hell is that? Yeah. Yeah. It's I'm from Cincinnati. Oh, cool. So okay. I've been in Michigan a lot. Okay. Yeah. Not too far. We had a house in Walloon Lake. Oh, nice. Uh-huh. Yeah. yeah. That's like a maybe a six-hour drive. Uh-huh. Yeah. It's a little... Yeah. That's so funny. Michigan's the best. It's very yeah, Midwest. I know. People are so nice. My, my parents are still there, so they I get to are. visit a lot. Yeah. Oh, yeah. In the same German town? Mm-hmm. So what does that mean? Was there German settlers and there's kind of just yeah, a German Yeah, it was founded vibe? by some German people. I, I don't know the whole history of it, but if you call 1-800-FUN-TOWN, you'll reach our city. <laughs> <laughs> I would it think that over the loudspeakers in the town. They're like, you're getting a call. Right. Yeah. <laughs> really? I would think that would be like porn. Well, I know, right? Honestly, one hundred fun town. Oh my god, town? you're right. That's so Honey, funny. Honey, that's like porn. <laughs> <laughs> but there's built like it's all going over to the fun highway. town. Yeah. <laughs> Welcome, so Jamie. True. This is how we roll. <laughs> <laughs> so we in, in Michigan, like growing up, were you were you always interested in yeah. kind of like natural products, like, and, or was it like the Portland thing that kind of like it was, yeah, everything? it was more Portland. I mean, yeah. growing up, it was. Yeah, that was a mystery to me. And I, you know, we just bought whatever products were on sale and, you know, didn't really think twice about it. But we didn't have options. You know, we just shop at the local grocery store and yeah. call it a day. So, yeah. how'd you get interested in it? Yeah. It was, are we on? Are we recording? Mm-hmm. Oh, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, girl. <laughs> Is this the real deal? Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I mean, just being in Portland, it was, it was the maker movement back in 2010. I mean, everybody was doing something, right? Like, whether, um, they were in a band or maybe they were making a product for a farmer's market. Like there were a lot of people making hot sauces or um, candles or whatnot. And so it was sort of my quest to find myself and, you know, and kind of explore that creative side. I just wanted to kind of fit in just feel like I was doing my cool thing because otherwise I just kind of felt left out. Love that. Yeah. And so um, body care products is really where I found my niche and got a quick, uh, quickly gained a reputation around the city for, you know, being that person making these really cool products from by hand. Wow. And you were working at the time? Yes. Okay. Yeah. Were you working at the facility? Yes. That's so okay. yeah, like the residential facility, um, it was it was a hobby. I mean, I definitely had no plans at that time to like go all in on a business. Like I didn't know what, you know, what it really meant for me. Mm-hmm. Um, but it definitely um, sort of satisfied an, an itch, you know, outside of uh, the normal career path. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I, I mean, I've had so many jobs. I was always trying to find myself. I have a degree in business. I have a master's in sociology and I tried all sorts of different things. And actually when I started working with the kids that had, um, you know, the mental and behavioral health issues, that was more of an attempt to sort of change my direction and do something more meaningful. Mm-hmm. So found my true meaning with Schmitz though. I mean, making products for people, you know, and changing their lives by offering something healthy and effective has been so rewarding. It's definitely wow. the right path for me. Yeah. So you were in Michigan. Did you go to college in Michigan? Yeah. I got my undergrad from Michigan State. It was a Big Ten school. So it was definitely like that whole, you know, party scene yeah. with frat and sororities. And what? You were in a sorority? No. There you go. <laughs> I definitely mm-hmm. was like, yeah, I was doubting even being there for a while. I was like, I don't know if I fit in here. Because mm-hmm. being on campus, the first question people will ask you too is like, what's your major? You know, and it's like this defining thing of like, oh, I'm going to school for this or that. But for me, I didn't know, you know, no. and like that question was was intimidating and annoying. Well, no one goes to college and is like, well, I want to be like an account manager yeah. at like a tech, right? you know, like firm, which does data processing for Fortune 100 companies. You know what I mean? Right. Like you like are never in the job that you like go, not unless you're a doctor for the most part, doctor, lawyer, like I guess you go into business but that's general business, but it applies to so much that no one really knows. Right. Yeah. Seems like everybody had it figured out though. And I was, you know, kind of faking it. Mm. I mean, yeah, Yeah. same. I didn't have it figured out. Yeah. Or I thought I had it figured out and Mm. then things just like completely went the other way and you're like, uh. Okay. It's something about that scene, I think, at those big 10 universities. It's yeah. like yeah. all about, you know, the education. And I think sports, right? Yes. Huge, yeah. huge sports scene and, you know, tailgating parties and all that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I just feel like we're so young. Like when you get right after high school, so just young. jump into college and try to, you know, know what you're doing. It's ridiculous. I 
liked college, but not really. Yeah, I where'd you I go? Now I went to Miami of Ohio. Okay, and I just was kind of depressed a lot. You don't really do anything. Like you have class, but it's like ten hours, twelve hours a week, maybe mm-hmm. fifteen, twenty. I guess twenty is a lot, and then you should be studying. But there's, a, I don't know. I don't. I didn't find many people that were loving what they were studying, or mm-hmm. you were given the opportunity to study that you really loved. Mm. I had to take like languages. I had to take like all this bullshit stuff that I'm like, I don't want to do that, or I'm not interested in that, but I'm forced to do it. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then I'm. I wore my head. Ohio. Yeah. Right. Yeah. The Midwest had a different kind of feel. Yeah. Um, but I would wear my headphones in class just to like prove some point or something. Like that. To be like, I was too damn. cool to learn. Uh, Isn't that funny? And they're, they're like, <laughs> damn. They're like, hey, Jamie, uh, you guys, you're like, yeah, yeah, I'm listening to a great podcast. <laughs> it was those huge like, classrooms. Though. I love I was that like, your type, what your type A let you do that. I know. Well, I was fighting the type A back then. Mm, yeah. Fuck. I've embraced it now. No one said anything to you? Well, it was those huge classrooms and the, you know, the professors couldn't even really see what was happening. What are you listening to? I am probably hip hop. Yeah. Oh my God. You like guys. Who? What? Oh my, all of it. I was, yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. Like who? I can name drop. Yeah, please do. <laughs> all right, let's see. I was, in, I was in school. I went to college in 1996 through 2000. So who was I listening to back then? Probably just Nas. the whole Dre Nas. Yes, we Nas had, I remember bumping Nas in the room. Um, we had posters. We had all these hip hop posters in our dorm room too. And a lot of black light posters. And then we would fill 40 ounce <laughs> beer bottles with um, highlighter water. Have you heard of this? Oh, yeah. No, tell me everything. <laughs> so you take an empty 40 and you um, fill it with water and then you drop like the tip of a highlighter in it and uh-huh. it'll like make highlighter water and then it glows with black lights. And then you drink it? You don't drink it, but no. it's like... <laughs> you could. No, She's like, just it water. makes you younger? What? Yeah, literally. <laughs> literally. Like, but I it was like, it would look cool with the, um, with the black light. Cool. So it's like a black light poster, so like but you had like the black light 40 bottles. Cool. Yeah. Oh, and you so listen funny. to it. <laughs> Wait, can we get Nas like using Schmidt's right? Naturals? Like right. that would take, you know what I mean? Yeah. You never know. You might already use it. <laughs> yeah. When I see like, where was I? I was in New Orleans and I saw we were, I went to some vegan restaurants and mm. seeing like the diversity of people at vegan restaurants mm-hmm. warms my heart. Yeah. I'm like, That's awesome. dude, like that is, makes me fucking happy mm-hmm. that, you know, v- different types of people, not just like, you know, certain types of like people are eating vegan restaurants or open to it is like so amazing. Yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, it's. I think it's a newer thing too, right? Mm-hmm. Like five years ago, that wouldn't be the trend. Yeah, the clean yeah. and everything. Mm-hmm. It's still yeah. making its way. I think, like you know, back going back to where I grew up again in this tiny town in Michigan, like mm-hmm. at a, not 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 easy to find a vegan restaurant, but you know, an option here and there on the, yeah. menu, on the menu, maybe. Did you feel sad in college? Like, did you ever feel like? And then when you're maybe moved to Portland, like feel lost because you didn't know mm-hmm. what you wanted to do. Yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't know if sad is the right word, but more just like I don't know, kind of rebellious and just like yeah. refusing to to figure it out. Mm. You know, I was like, I, I don't, I don't. It doesn't matter. Like everybody else is on this path, but I just felt like I needed more time. Yeah, yeah, I had fun. I mean, I, I did. You know, definitely take advantage of the party scene and and do all that. But we sometimes we, my roommate and I would hang out with people off campus too, and we thought they were cooler because they totally, <laughs> dude, <laughs> you know? off campus. they're like townies. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, but then um, pretty quickly after I graduated um, from college, I moved to Chicago, mm-hmm. just to kind of a next step, you know, towards something Obviously, bigger. Obviously, Michigan State, Chicago. Yeah, Chicago. yeah. Where'd you live in Chicago? Um, it was Wick, or Wick, not Wicker Park. That was my favorite neighborhood, but uh-huh. it was Lincoln Square. It was uh-huh. Northwest. Uh-huh. Um, I was there about five years, and it was awesome. But that was that's a lonely city, I think. I don't know. It's hard to get around. And, mm. you know, if you have a friend that lives across town, you don't really see them because it's like a huge commitment just to like, you know, cab over there, or whatever. But um, but again, it might have just been my place at that time, mm-hmm. you know. My, and what were you doing for work? Uh, I was working in human resources. So I got my degree in business because okay. um, I kind of just chose something. And that's what my brother had done. And it made mm-hmm. sense to, <laughs> to go that route. As you would. Yeah. Um, but, I, you know, I learned some things that actually were valuable to my business um, with Schmitz. But yeah, so I got a degree in HR. I was working for the John D. and Catherine T. MacArthur Foundation in Chicago, a pretty cool um, organization. So mm. I felt good about you know the, the business I was working for, so that, that helped. Mm-hmm. Um, but there was always this like, ah, this doesn't feel right. Yeah, and then the big move to Portland was sort of an attempt to, to help figure things out. My was part. that just on your own yeah. role or did something happen? I had a partner at the time and we had visited out here and we both liked it and we thought, hey, yeah. let's just shake things up and move out there and see what happens. Um, but again, I kind of like fell into that HR scene. I was working for Portland Public Schools. You know, I always at least, I didn't love the HR work, but I was always trying to find companies that I at least, you know, felt 
you know, mm. I guess proud to work for mm. the schools, the foundations and stuff. Um, but then I kind of was like, screw this. I just, I got to make a change or I'm going to get too deep down this path. There's going to be like too late to turn back. And so then I quit and did all sorts of good stuff. Like what? <laughs> I, uh, I got a job working at a vegan hot dog shack. Um, late night hours <laughs> in Portland. All the drunk people would go get their hot dogs. And, uh, Were you working just front desk? No, I was cooking the dogs. It's <laughs> <laughs> <That was> amazing. <laughs> I'm just cooking these like drunk people going in and not know, knowing they're getting vegan dogs. Yeah, well, they had like, 100%. Yeah. You know? they, the vegan was a big piece of it, but they also okay, had the, the real deal dog. Dude, that's, if you that's, wanted your, those. that's your tagline. From vegan dog cooker <laughs> right. to Flinger. X X millionaire. <laughs> right? <laughs> Literally went from cooking vegan dogs to yeah. cashing out. It's such a good story. And it was funny because the competition like for that job was fierce because everybody wanted like a service job in Portland. Mm. And so I was like, there's no way I'm going to get this so job. true. Right? You know, was in, in LA, it's for serving and bartending jobs. Yeah. Yeah. Kind of similar. Um, but the owner of the company liked me because I had a, you know, what he considered a trustworthy background and I had the business experience and he just felt like I was, you know, a strong candidate despite my lack of, you know, food service background. <laughs> but so I was pretty excited to get That's the job. Amazing. And then I, but my schedule was crazy. I was working late hours and I would go to bed when the sun was coming up and stuff. It was a little odd. Oh, Do you I smell know. like dogs? Oh honey. yeah. Fries, dogs. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Literally, this man owns a hot dog shop and he gets a, like a person with like a degree, years of experience at like the John T. MacArthur Foundation. And he's looking at resumes. He's like, okay, Subway, two years, uh, college degree, making 75 k like, should have you run the company. I know. He's like, I guess I'll go with you. You've got business experience. Like what? Yeah, I was doing all the inventory and I was counting jars of pickles and all that. That's amazing. Yeah. I think I learned a few oh, things. He's like upgrading inventory. Yeah. Of course you. I honestly Damn. think I learned the most in the service industry. Yeah. Like waitressing, bartending. It was not cute, not pretty, not always fun. Would go to bed when the sun came up. Mm -hmm. But I learned the most about people, about how to handle myself with anyone, how to, you know, multitask. Multitask. Yeah. Make like, money. Yeah. You know, make money. <laughs> creatively. Like, yeah. Literally. Yeah. My whole philosophy has always been find some kind of value in every job that you have, you know, rather than just mm, sitting there that. like pissed off, why am I doing this? Just try to find something that you can take with you. It's easier said than done. And looking back on it, you know, it's a lot easier than embracing that philosophy in the moment. But um, I think that'd be my advice for people who are sort of struggling to find their way, you know, find their career path is just like take advantage of you know, where you're at and find some valuable lesson or something that you can take with you. Yeah, I love that. Yeah. Mm. And from the hot dog place. Yeah, the, what was my lesson from the hot dog place? <sighs> Did you know it was a step in your path? No. Yeah. But I liked it. I was. I it was. A, it was like a nice excuse to just step back. Kind I think of take in Portland, it easy. you could do that, right? Did you? Feel yeah. Like you were and cost to of living was cheaper back yeah. then in Portland too. So, and I had saved up a little bit of cash. Um, but I only, you know, I burned out from that pretty fast. Mm -hmm. I ended up taking a little trip cross country and sort of soul searching. And then when I, you know, throughout my journey, I had this thought of I, I don't know what I want to do, but I know that I want to do something a little more meaningful and just have some greater impact on society. And that's when I landed the the job with the kids. And that was all right before Schmidt's. Wow. Yeah. And then where'd you meet your husband? At the residential facility. Okay, okay. Yeah, he hired me. You, yeah. Yeah. So we learned a lot working together. And now we're working I'm together sure. with Schmidt's. And so it's crazy to think how far the two of us have come wow. together. Yeah. How long yeah. has it been? How long have you been? Uh, we've been together about nine years. Wow. Wow. Yeah. We have an eight-year-old son. Oh. oh. He's amazing. What's his name? Oliver. Oliver's oh, a good name. Yeah, it is like a good, an Oliver mom. You knew I was going to say that? Yeah. Weird. Really weird. weird. You've been, maybe you've been stalking me. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So did you like, in terms of like your entrepreneur, entrepreneurial spirit, mm -hmm. like where do you think that came from? Because it feels like, like there has to have been a knowing somewhere, but you like, you're like, I was yeah. soul searching, traveling, all of this. Like, did anything hit you or did you get like a hit of inspiration yeah. or meet someone who you like... Was I think your... it's, yeah, the, the entrepreneurial spirit has always been there. And I think that's mm. part of why I felt unsettled is because I felt like I should be controlling what I was doing rather than working for somebody else. And I can think back, you know, when I was a kid, even 
you know, even like at the lemonade stand that I would have in the summer, it was such an ordeal. I would make these flyers and my dad would print them out and I'd go distribute them to the homes in the neighborhood like a week before, you know, and what kids do, does that for the lemonade stand? So things like that. And then we'd have garage sales. Save the date. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It was. We'd have garage sales at my grandma's house in Northern Michigan and I'd always have my little table and I was, you know, making deals with the kids around the hood. Totally. And, um, so I just, I've always had a little bit of that in me and I'm super competitive. Like you might not think it, I have a pretty easy demeanor, but when it comes down to... Sure. Yeah. yeah. Bring it on. Damn, I cannot <laughs> see. Do you have any siblings? Yeah, I have a brother. He's a few years older. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. And so you started making... Did you start making the deodorant first? It was a mix. Like what did you start making first? I started with shampoo rinses. Oh, really? Which is crazy. It was basically um, kind of like like a liquid Castile soap and then I'd add different herbs. And it was funny because I was literally adding like dried herbs. And so you, my husband would be washing his hair and he'd come out like <laughs> pieces of rosemary like stuck in his hair. He's like, this is great, honey. Uh, <laughs> super sweet. Um, and then like these vinegar rinses. So that was like super basic. But then I started like um, getting more into lotions and mm. formulations and emulsifiers and stuff that were more complicated. Um, the deodorant was one of my early products. And that was more just like my own personal goal to find something that worked. You know, natural deodorants have a reputation for being ineffective. And that was definitely my experience is that they just sucked. And so I wanted to make one that I thought not only worked, but smelled good. I didn't want those ridiculous scents that were, you know, everywhere in the conventional aisles. Um, I like the texture. Yeah, you do? Your guys. Awesome. Mm, I love the texture. Cool. You know, it feels like... I love, I just love the texture. Yeah. I feel it going on. I know it's there, you know. I just think, yeah. That's I love a- the texture. I love the smell. It works. Like it, it is, it is, I'm so thankful. I'm like so glad. I'm like, oh, great. Like cool. I found something that. Nice. Works. How long have you been using it? Um, Probably like three months cool. since the girls reached out, since Allie reached out. So started with the, what's the, why the rinse? Like I'd love to talk, you know, just to talk a little bit about like clean beauty, mm-hmm. what kind of products and ingredients you use why they're important and like why you, why clean beauty? Mm-hmm. Well, I was, I was pregnant at the time too. And I started, you know, hearing all these horror stories about um, chemicals that are in your everyday products. And, you know, before that I didn't pay as much attention. I mean, I always appreciated products and, you know, um, was always trying to get the next big thing, but in terms of natural, like it didn't really come to me right away. Um, but when, once I was pregnant, I was like, shit, like this, you know, this is this is real. Like this stuff mm-hmm. is absorbing into your bloodstream and um, could potentially harm your unborn mm-hmm. baby. And so I decided to just um, try to make some of it. You know, not only the health piece, but I also thought it'd be really cool just to be like, I made this myself. So Portland. <laughs> you know, and it fits yeah. into that whole, yeah. like I said, the DIY, you know, maker movement scene. That was um, my opportunity to do something that I thought was, was different and um, compelling. So what are you using in your products that one is different than, like, I don't know the basis of like a, a regular, like, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. store-bought We know aluminum's deodorant. in it, right? Yeah. What so, is alum- why is aluminum in it and why is it bad? Yeah. So antiperspirants um, are made with aluminum and the, the purpose of that ingredient is to basically block your pores and to like, stop you from sweating. Control us from yeah. different planets. <laughs> yeah. <right. laughs> Aliens, right? right. <laughs> like... So the government can control yeah. us <laughs> through our armpit pores. No, it's true though, but they literally block you and your pores and stop you from sweating, which is kind of ridiculous and scary. Um, yeah. You know, and so our philosophy, which makes sense, <laughs> is to let the body do its natural process and just mm. sweat. But we use, you know, these certain powders in there that'll help absorb the moisture once you do sweat. So you're not going to walk around all wet, you know, and um, but you're not polluting your body with this nastiness. Um, and with Schmitz, you know, we've never used the scare tactics, right? Like we don't run around saying if you use antiperspirants, you're going to die and this and that. But there are enough studies out there that show that it is a potential health risk. Mm-hmm. You know, and our our thought is if you have two products and you know that one is safe and one is potentially harmful, like why not go with the one that, you know, you can feel confident in? Yeah, yeah, yeah. absolutely. Mm-hmm. So is aluminum the only bad ingredient? Or there no, any other? there's others. There's a lot of stuff. And a lot of um, deodorants, uh, yeah, they'll have like parabens and phthalates. And these are all things that can you know, like disrupt your endocrine system. And oh, just, yeah. um, just... So paraben, mm-hmm. what is that? That is a preservative. That, um, okay. Yeah, and so Schmitz has, um, you know, gone the avenue of um, more natural preservatives that um, mm-hmm. actually work well in our formula because our formula doesn't have water. And water is one of those ingredients that can be um, tricky with trying to preserve your product because water is usually what where all the down. bacteria and all that jazz happens. Mm. And that brings me to fillers too. So we don't use like water to, you know, puff up our product. 
a lot of brands might use these unnecessary ingredients just to make the product cheaper and, you know, give it substance for everything in our deodorant actually serves a purpose. Um, so, you know, we have the oils and the waxes and the butters and, and the powders and everything in there is doing something valuable for your skin. Mm. Mm. So parabens and then what was the last, second thing? Phthalates. Phthalates. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And then there's also um, like... Uh, Would those be listed as that on an ingredient label? Yes. Okay. Yeah. And you'll, uh, you'll see like Schmidt's kind of, you know, uh, advertises that ours is made without that. And okay. so um, our new, newer approach is to not only, you know, talk about what's not in our products, but also what is in them. You know, like with our toothpaste, for example, we really... Your toothpaste rocks. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We like to talk about all the added benefits. And like, I feel part the of me flavors feels like... are crazy. Thank you. Yeah, they're good. They're what's, what's your favorite? I have like a jasmine chai or a jasmine one. Nice. The pink yeah, one that the I jasmine have. spearmint. Jasmine spearmint. It's so good. And then there's like a chai one, yeah. like a vanilla chai. Vanilla chai, yeah. So good. Yeah. I'm gonna try. Dude, honestly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well. Yeah. yeah. We'll get we'll get you some. Um, but, you know, the adding these new products to our line was really just a response to our customers demanding more. Mm. You know, I always thought Schmitz was only gonna be a deodorant brand. And I think in the early days of the business, that philosophy got me far, right? I want to do one thing and do it really well and not try to be everything. Um, but then as we grew and got the customer confidence, um, it just made sense to add more because people wanted it. Mm-hmm. And so one day I was like, all right, let's do this. Let's, what do we want to add next? And uh, The bar soap was our next product. And that was an easy extension for us because we were able to duplicate the scents that we use mm-hmm. in our deodorant. So if you use like the rose vanilla deodorant, you can buy the rose vanilla soap. And it was just like a nice, you know, logical... Um, extension for us. And then the toothpaste was a big one that, that kind of surprised people. Yeah. But they, they asked for it, so they got it. What's in toothpaste? Oh, fluoride. Yeah, so ours is not made of fluoride. Fluoride is one of those controversial ingredients. Oh, yeah, calcifies your pineal oh, gland. Yeah. I think that's maybe the controversial that's, thing. Yeah, that, that is a piece of it. And it's crazy because um, Portland's yeah. the only city that doesn't have fluoride in their water. I yes, think it's the only city really? in the U.S. So, they yeah. say, so, this is a, so this is the controversy. So your pineal gland is what is like your third eye. It's almost like a tiny pine mm. cone, smaller than your fist. That mm-hmm. It's very small. It's like very small. And it looks like a pine cone. And, you know, when the Egyptians or like other um, types of people had like an eye on their thing or they have like, they would have the pineal gland throughout history in different places because it's basically supposed to be the place where your intuition lies, where your Mm. gut lies, where you're able to connect with spirits or you're able to connect with different realms or different types of people. That's your pineal gland. It also regulates melatonin. So it's part of your hormone production. So um, fluoride is supposed to, that's like the controversy around it, which is in water. Cities and states put it in water, I guess, to make it cleaner or make it more easily to drink. And then they also put it in toothpaste. At a, at a high amount. And sometimes like Nestle puts it in a lot of their bottled water, mm-hmm. but it calcifies your pineal gland so that your pineal gland isn't like as active. Mm. So they say that like as part of the, um, co- or as part of the conspiracy theory mm-hmm. that the government is trying to control us by putting fluoride in our mm-hmm. water and keeping us oh. numb to shut down our pineal yeah. gland. Yeah, and there's definite benefits to fluoride though, but we, yeah. we want our customers to have that choice, right? Yeah. And so we start with no fluoride. If enough people ask for it, it's something we would maybe consider, but I think if they want the fluoride, they can get it in other ways. Yeah. There's special treatments mm-hmm. you can get at your dentist's office. There's special paste you can add onto yeah. your routine and stuff like they that. They clean it with your dentist's office too. They use fluoride to clean. Mm-hmm. Literally don't take what I'm saying for your life, but that's what I've Yeah, heard. it's all worth considering. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. What's the other controversy around fluoride, you know? Or was that it? Yeah, I, I got to get back to you, but there, there's yeah. more for sure. And I, I haven't, to be honest, I haven't been anti-fluoride my whole life. Mm-hmm. I mean, I grew up going to the dentist and that was part of the treatment. It was like the the tray of bubblegum flavored fluoride, yeah. right? Where you could choose, right? Hey, Great, bubblegum, yeah. strawberry, whatever. I remember choosing. Strawberry. Yeah. And up until Schmidt's, I was using it. I have to admit, like it was one of those choices that was, um, you know, I'm not 100% clean, natural with everything because I can't be. No one can, right? Um, and so fluoride was one of those things that I decided I'm not 100% against it. I'm just going to do it. But then um, when Schmitz came, I fell in love with the flavors. Yeah. And I understood that if that's something important to me, there are other ways to achieve it. And so, yeah. Love that. Yeah. And we, you know, we polled our consumers too before we released the toothpaste. Do you want fluoride or do you not? And um, the majority didn't, they didn't want it. Them? Uh, we do a lot of surveys through Google or um, other sources that we use. And cool. that's how we get a lot of our consumer insights, which helps um, direct our product development. Um, yeah. You know who does that too? Um, the brand out of Australia. That's a clean face wash brand that we interviewed. Frank Body. Mm. Oh, yeah. Yeah. A lot of consumer polls. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. With like their top consumers. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What's well, been the most challenging part about, you know, trying to convince 
I know there's already like, you know, people ready and willing to try natural products, Mm -hmm. but like what's been the most challenging part just in your growth, like trying to grow it beyond that niche community? I think just convincing people that the products are as effective as what they've been using, you know, Mm -hmm. Um, conventional brands are what we grew up with and that's, you know, what our parents were buying. And I think just getting people to try something new and to trust that it can work just as well, if not better than these other brands. Mm. I think that's where Schmitz really fits into the to the industry and our, our position in the market is that, you know, we're available in the masses now, right? You can find us at Target, Walmart, Costco. And so, you know, it was a, it's a challenge for us to um, to prove that efficacy and we've been successful at it. And, I, you know, pulling the, the mainstreamers over, not just that niche uh, customer who had been looking for natural. We're reaching out to, you know, people like my dad, a 70-year-old man in the Midwest, you know, who wants something that's maybe a little safer and he doesn't want to, you know, stress the... Uh, mm. possible ill effects of the other brands. So. Would there be any detriment to working with a Costco and like on a bigger mm-hmm. scale? Like, was that a hard decision? Yeah. Or was it like, no, definitely. Yeah, we want this that's to a good question. Um, yeah, from day one, I mean, one of my goals was always to make Schmitz as available to as many people as yeah. possible. And I know that's not the case with all, you know, indie brands. A lot of people have their certain um, distribution networks that they want to stay with it. And I completely respect that. And I think that's smart too. Um, but for us, we wanted everybody to have fair access. And we wanted, you know, the people in the Midwest, for example, who don't have other options readily available. We want them to be able to go into their local store and, and find it and, you know, mm. share that same um, access to, to healthy products at work. Yeah. yeah. So, we, you know, we're not just in those bigger stores, though. We're still in the smaller mom and pops. We're in, we're also in the Whole Foods, you know, all the natural mm. grocery stores and, I think that's one thing that definitely makes us unique. It's not easy to find a brand that kind of spans across all the different distribution channels. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Was that always the case or did you guys start in? We started, um, you know, pretty locally and small, you know, kind of indie shops and co-ops. And that's just kind of a natural progression with any any product. Um, But it didn't take long before we got interest from some of the bigger natural grocery chains like Sprouts. Sprouts Uh came on pretty early, Whole Foods, of course. They reached out to you? Uh, Sprouts was a, I had a, we had a broker at the time who helped us get that account, but it didn't take long before they're like, they saw like, okay, yeah, we have to do this. I mean, customers were coming into all these stores asking for Schmitz. And so it's been a pretty easy sell for us. I think we've been really fortunate where we didn't have to have a really strong sales team going in and like working their asses off to sell the concept Mm -hmm. because customers were going in and asking for it. Yeah. And that's been true from, from the early days. Wow. Yeah. Did you have like a moment of like extre- like intense growth? Mm-hmm. Did someone use your product and mm-hmm. yeah, or we've had a couple of happen? things that helped you know kind of push us forward. One of our early uh, influencer um, who's influencers who jumped on board was Alicia Silverstone. Yeah. That happened uh, within the like the probably the second year of my business, and she just had gotten her hands on the product and loved it. And then there was an article in Us Weekly that you know Schmitz was her favorite deodorant, so that was kind of cool. Oh, I love that. That helped cool. propel our online sales. You know, we we're getting a lot of website sales through that. Um, I had a pretty early feature on Fox News of all places. Um, it was mm-hmm. a, the Carol Alt show when I got to talk about um, the you know dangers of conventional deodorants. Um, so we got a huge response from that, really? like bigger than I expected. We were really? not ready for it. <laughs> wow. We were pulling all nighters. You know, yeah, what happens when that? Um, what do you do? It, yeah, it was funny because. Looking back on it, I mean, I should have known. I just didn't really think about it. I was like, oh, we're going to be on TV, like whatever. I'd be like, yeah. One, well, like, I think hell? we're going to get a lot yeah. of hate mail. Yeah, right. <laughs> um, but no, I mean, the, my phone, I didn't even have a business phone at the time. It was still my cell phone, and my phone was ringing off the oh, hook. Shut like, up. the minute it aired, um, the orders were just piling in, and we didn't even have the shipping system to handle it. You know, we were using wow. PayPal. And with PayPal, you know, it's great for an order here and there, but when you have like mass orders, it takes like three minutes for each one to process. And so we, you know, I'd process one and then be like five new ones would pop up. I'm never getting ahead. Um, but then I, wow. I had a friend come by and he installed ShipStation. I feel like I'm like advertising ShipStation. Yeah, um, but that actually saved us. And so we were able to print uh, bulk orders. And Wow. Yeah. So that we learned a lot from that one. That was cool though. I mean, we, it took us a couple of weeks to dig ourselves out, but um, that's kind of when Amazon all happened too. Like we had a lot of yeah, these big Amazon, Amazon yeah, sellers coming out. Like as a seller. Yeah, it's annoying. So, yeah, I mean, it's, it's it's a great source of you know revenue and exposure for us, but at the same time, it's like you have to ward off some of these sellers who are like lowballing you, and you know you're throwing their they're mm-hmm. listing the product at such a low price that you're competing with yourself, and it's just 
it can get a little bit messy, but it's been great for us. I mean, it's it's helped with some exposure. Some people only shop on Amazon. You know, yeah. we're finding that's not as true anymore, especially with you know younger shoppers. But mm-hmm. um, it's definitely an outlet that you know has worked for us, and it's somewhere we need to be. So, what's the deal? Like, you list on Amazon, and then people could buy from you and relist it. Yes and no. So we will sell directly on Amazon. So we're working with Amazon where we send product and then they ship it on our behalf. But then there's other uh, retailers who will buy bulk from us. Like let's say they have their own website, for example. Then they're going to also list it on Amazon. So we might not even always know that their intention is to like throw that product up on Amazon. And so, you know, we put in measures to protect that and help, you know, maintain consistency across the price points. But some slip through the cracks or maybe somebody will buy through a distributor that we don't know. Yeah. Yeah, so it just gets a little hard to manage. Where are you producing the products? Uh, Portland. So really? Yeah, yeah. We also have our um, uh, product development teams and our uh, marketing team in downtown Portland. Really? Yeah, it's an awesome space. We have a, a Florida office as well where we have customer support and sales and accounting. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. What's Portland like? Oh man, yeah. It's it's so, it's so comfortable. And it's, I just so appreciative of it for allowing me to build a business there. Mm. You know, I don't think I could have done it anywhere else. It's small, mm. but it's big enough where you have access to like all all sorts of people. Mm. Um, it's a slower community. It's, you know, I go to New York and I like have a panic attack. Mm. <laughs> LA's nice. Um, mm. But yeah, Portland's just, it's a good pace. It's, um, it's easy to get around. It's getting busier. You know, it's definitely changed. I've been there uh, about 10 years now. And I've seen the city change quite a bit. And it's mm-hmm. getting a little harder to afford. It used to be the place where young people went to retire, you know, or work at the hot dog shack or whatnot. Mm-hmm. But that's becoming harder to, to pull off. And which I have mixed feelings on. It's, you know, sad to see some of these people get, getting pushed out. Um, but it's nice to see the city thriving and growing. Mm-hmm. So it's, you know, it's a mixed bag. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Did you have to pitch to investors? Like to... Yeah, no, that was that um, story. never. That never happened. We um, so when when Schmidt sold to Unilever, as you guys mm-hmm. probably know, that happened in January. Um, but you know, several months preceding that, probably about you know six to eight months before that, we had been getting a lot of interest from all different parties, and mm. it was really just you know some of these bigger companies recognizing that Schmitz was taking a huge chunk of the market share, and they you know understood that they either had to continue to compete with us, you know, if you think about the big CPG brands like Unilever, um, yeah, yeah. Or they had to join forces with us and bring us on their team, and um, I think we've really filled in um, a hole or a void in some of, in a you know company like Unilever who needed that natural company that, to come in and really kind of disrupt things. Completely. Mm-hmm. Did you? So were you being courted by others? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, yeah. It was a pretty intense time. Yeah. Why um, Unilever? Um, we we connected on a level that where we really recognized that they wanted to keep our brand intact. Like their goal, yeah, their goal was not to come in and shake things up and say, you know, you're gone, you're gone, you're gone. They want, they recognized the value that we had and and knew that to change it, it wouldn't make sense. You know, they, our customer base loves Schmitz for Schmitz and we wanted to, you know, keep that, keep all those relationships intact. And they, you know, made it clear that 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 was a possibility with them. And so, Mm. yeah. What have they helped you to do? They've opened up, you know, greater access to distribution networks. Mm-hmm. Also, supply chain has mm-hmm. been huge. Um, the consumer insights. Mm-hmm. Um, just, you know, having that strong strategy behind us. I mean, we we were getting by with so few employees, especially at, you know, upper management level. I mean, it, I, I was doing a lot of the work and, you know, a couple of our managers were, were, you know, doing their thing. But having access now to like, you know, people who mm-hmm. have worked, you know, 20, 30 years in the industry doing this, it's just, it's been really refreshing. Oh, I'm sure. Yeah. What is your day-to-day now? Yeah, so since the acquisition, um, I have stepped away from the really, um, you know, strong operational piece. Mm-hmm. Um, the day-to-day nitty-gritty stuff that I used to be bogged down with um, is off my plate. Um, but I'm really supporting the brand on a, um, I guess on a, a higher level in terms of product development. So helping mm-hmm. with that vision of, you know, what products come next? What fragrances do we want to see? Uh, what ingredients are interesting. Also, the brand team, I work really close with them to help sort of define, you know, the pathway for Schmitz and, you know, what is this, who are we now that we're, you know, part of this big conglomerate and how do we continue to stand out and that sort of thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Did you ever, during your journey, did you ever have a business plan? No, never. It's yeah. it's so funny looking back on it. And I, you know, it worked for me. Like, yeah. I was never one to really look too far ahead. You know, it was yeah. sort of just, What's going on today? What do I need to be prepared for? You know, tomorrow or next mm. week. But I found that if I got too ahead of myself, it was really scary. 
and intimidating. And I think to help me stay on track, I just needed to focus on you know what was right in front of me. And I think that's probably not the greatest business advice, but it's really what helped you know me kind of on my on my journey. Um, but no, I mean when Schmidt started, there was no business plan. I mean it was mm-hmm. literally from farmers market to you know being sold in stores, and that just continued to grow. And, Did you ever uh, think it would be like this? No, it's but you know once you're in it, you get so caught up in it, and you yeah. get you one big success, and you're like, okay, what's next? You yeah. know, like like I never really took the time to like even celebrate the small stuff because yeah. I was so ready to like see what other totally. you know big thing was was coming. Um, but now that I look back on it, you know, it, it was a you know eight year journey. Dang, and, uh, eight years. Eight, like yeah, Ooh. I know it's long, but it's and short. It just and it's sold, just, so that was mm-hmm. wow. So now that I look back, I'm like, what the hell just happened? Yeah, I mean, literally, it was like a blink of an eye in a way, and um. It's so fun to go back to those really early days and just see how everything has changed and how much I've grown as a person. And how do you think you've grown? Yeah, oh man. I think like just the fact that I'm like sitting here on this podcast and that I'm so interested in you know sharing that's, my story. That's number one. Yeah, right. <laughs> you're here. Your, this this podcast has yeah. been my dream like, for day one. <laughs> right. You know, but I mean, like now today, my my goal is to really help inspire other people. You know, trying to start a company or do follow. You know, find their calling and I. That's where I'm really seeing my value. You know, aside from seeing Schmidt succeed, I think as a, you know, on my own personal path, you know, beyond the company, it's really just to like help inspire and to let people know, like, you know, don't give up on whatever it is that you're, you're scheming. You know, it's a possibility. And so I think just that the confidence I've gained to, you know, kind of consider myself um, a role model has been yeah, pretty that. huge. Mm-hmm. That's true. Yeah. What have you learned in your relationship working with your husband? Yeah, that we, are meant to be together if we've made yeah. it through all this shit, Aww. right? Yeah, I mean, we he's amazing and he is super intelligent and incredibly supportive of me and just, you know, always, you know, trying to boost me and keep me um, at the forefront of the brand because he knows that that's what the customers want. You know, that's what they like to see is, you know, the founder and the story. And so he's been, you know, really great with that. He, um, yeah, just on a personal level too, like balancing all our family, you know, life is... totally. Not easy, but I feel like we couldn't have done it any any better than we did. Mm. Mm-hmm. And is your yeah. does your son obviously uses the products? But yeah. does, is he like he's, aware that like yeah, this so is cool? He's eight, you know, <laughs> so he's him. not using deodorant, <laughs> but he has strong opinions on fragrances, and oh. you know, he loves our bar soaps and he uses our toothpaste. Yes. Um, yeah, he asks tons of questions and he Best. has his own ideas for product development. And What does he think? Yeah, he's, oh man, he had some good fragrances for deodorant. There were one he came up with recently was, um, you know, the smell of a pencil eraser? Yeah. It's like that, it's a good smell, especially when you're a kid. I know what you He's mean. like, I love the smell. I think I need, you guys need to put it into a oh, deodorant. Yeah. <laughs> Excuse me. Is he sitting at the head of the freaking boardroom table? I am picturing it right now. Damn, pencil cutie eraser. Cutie Oliver. Yeah, he is a cutie too. Oh my yeah. God. No, he's funny. But like, I feel like if you get hits like that, you should probably I do know. it. I know, right? He, he has a little book. He used to spend his free time in school, like writing this little journal that we called his like product development book. And it probably only lasted a week, <laughs> but I was like, Can't yeah. wait for my kid to have a product development. Yeah. I, I was definitely encouraging it. Yeah, mm. super cute. But he, it's so cool that he was able to witness the growth. You know, I think it's the coolest thing. I mean, ever. the company started with him literally in my womb. <laughs> and so at some of those, you know, early farmer's market days, he would go with me and he'd, you know, be sitting in the playpen. And it's like you're it, infusing him with your, like, yeah, spirit. yeah. Mm-hmm. Like that yeah, entrepreneur, it's part of it. that go getter. That is so cool. Yeah. What advice would you give for like female entrepreneurs right now in this climate? Like say they're just, they have their job, but they're starting a side mm-hmm. business. What advice would you give? I think there's a couple of things. One is just, you know, stay in tune with your intuition and just don't always try to make sense of it, but just follow it. Um, you know, but keep things sort of yeah, loose in the beginning. Um, I think if you are going to go like, you know, the route of a product or a consumer package, good, find something that you can do differently than what the competition is doing. Yeah. You know, with Schmitz, when we started and other brands were seeing our success, a lot of them were trying to jump on board and do the exact same thing. And it's like, you know, we respect their, you know, motivation and, and but also drive, but also like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Get the fuck out. No, but like, but do it, but maybe do it a little differently. Like find something that makes yours yes. unique, right? Yes. Yes. And like yes. more power yes. to you. So I think that's key is just uh, finding your place in the market that, you know, you can be inspired by the competition and, you know, piggyback off of them a bit, but just like, Something specific to make yours yours. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You do your own thing. Yeah. I love that. Don't try to make sense of it. Right? The intuition because I think that's how we huge. spend most of our time. Yeah. Overthinking. Like, like, overthinking. And oh, second guessing. Oh, yeah. And it's like, if 
if your intuition doesn't isn't the right answer, then what is? Like there's no, you know, master spirit out there just like dictating your journey. It's like it is that intuition totally. and that is your master spirit. Yeah. Is your yeah. Right. Wow. Yeah. That's powerful. Yeah. yeah. And where exactly, just so our listeners are clear, where can they mm-hmm. find all of your products? Yeah. So our website is um, schmitznaturals.com. Mm-hmm. Um, you'll find everything there. And then, you know, following me personally, you can always yes. find me on Instagram. Yes. And that's I'm just Jamie Schmidt22. Love. Why 22? 22 is my number. It always has been. Yeah. And Jamie Schmidt was taken. <laughs> <laughs> so I had to tag him at 22. Buy from her. Literally, buy I know. Out, I got to find who that is. Yes. Oh, man. So, no, I mean, I, yeah, definitely follow the brand. The brand's all over Instagram and Facebook, yeah, too. And then crazy. me, like, you need a little sneak peek into my own personal stuff. Yeah, I think that's yeah. always special. Yeah. <gasps> very, very cool. Yeah. Jamie Schmidt. Yeah. All right. What are you excited about this year? Oh, man, this year. Well, Personally, my family's moving into a new house next week. Oh, yeah. So I'm excited to settle in. And yeah, yeah, that's super exciting. I just, we've worked so fucking hard over the last eight years. And it's just like settling into something and like, I feel so getting back to like my Mm -hmm. roots and like what's important. Right. And it's like having time to cook and Mm. sit around and stare out the window. And so having, you know, that I'm I'm definitely looking forward to and more opportunities to educate. You know, I've been doing a lot of um, panels and interviews and I got back from BeautyCon, you know, from last weekend. That was awesome. And great. Yeah. So more of that stuff I'm always interested in. Oh, yeah. So great. So cool. Oh, I feel that for you. Oh, thank you. And then for Schmitz, like we have some amazing products. Yeah, what's coming? And the works. There's, um, you know, I can't really talk about exactly what's coming, but this summer we have something fun. Mm-hmm. And there's more and more. I mean, there's summer theme. Our product roadmap is is pretty impressive. Cool. So just keep wow. keep your eyes on us. Um, the want, charcoal magnesium yeah. is the best. I or it's my yeah, favorite of the deodorants. And then with our um, for our listeners, we have a discount code. So almost thirty gets you twenty percent off. Nice. Yeah. So the girls hooked it up. Thanks, yeah. Allie and team. Yeah. The best. Wow. Thanks for joining us. Thank yeah, you. Thanks for coming. So much listeners. fun. Daddy made it with your Uber. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right, guys. We love you so much. We're excited for you to um, check out Smith Naturals. We know you probably already know about them, but they are our go-to brand for deodorant and um, natural toothpaste and a few other things. So um, we love you. We're excited to share that with you and we will see you next week. See ya. Bye. Get another badass entrepreneur. Now, what a doll. What a doll. What a doll. We love Schmidt. So get your stuff. That's a brand I'm really happy that we're working with. Same. Because I really love their stuff. I just sent my mom a box. Actually, she should have gotten it yesterday. I should call her. Aww. Um, Of like, because we, we we got some a nice yeah. little package. So I gave her some of the deodorants and the toothpaste. It, they're so good. Dude, the toothpaste is so good. It's so- <laughs> I love that I have like variety of flavors. Same. I'm kind of over just... I used I used Tom's before and it's like, not like a, I didn't know if it was working. Do you know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. So I really enjoy. and I just like the mix up of flavors. I'm like oh, Jasmine Chai. <laughs> I know. I'm in. I'm in. Literally, I'm in. I'm fucking in. So you can visit SchmitzNaturals.com mm-hmm. and you can use our code almost thirty for 15% off. We practiced that eight times before. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then you could also get it at, um, you know, stores like Whole Foods and stuff like that. But, yeah. you know, buy it online so we can use it both. Uh, <laughs> sure. um, all right. We love you guys. Obviously, as always, stay tuned. We are going on tour and you can go to our website, almost30podcast.com slash tour and read all about it. Can't wait to meet in the flesh. Yeah. Love you guys. Have a great, great week. <laughs>